Hey, everybody, we're GFBS. We're Grand Forks' best source, giving Grand Forks an identity again. I'm John Roberts. Welcome to the show today, brought to you by Raptor PCS and their Memorial Day giveaway. Still have a couple of days to email us or text us. Tell us what you like about the show, what you like about Raptor PCS. Our email is local at gfbestsource.com or call us 701-213-0863. Somebody's going to win that $75 certificate to the service department at Raptor PCS uh, early next week. They're providing a full range of computer services at affordable rates, computer builds, virus removal, hardware repairs, data recovery, transfers. They do it all. They do it right. In most cases, you'll have your computer back the following day, and uh, they will also come to your house. If you want them to pick up your computer and do a little work on it, you can call them up, 772-7626, or online at raptorpcs.com or raptorpcs.net. Also uh, giving all kinds of deals on first responders, the military students, and mention GFBS, and they'll give you 10 bucks off your bill. So what a great deal. Raptor PCS in that Memorial Day giveaway. Time now for our daily segment, Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Um, actually, today is uh, a little word of advice. It's important to look closely at lawn signs during election campaigns. Well, last election, uh, a buddy of mine, actually voted for a real estate agent so um and speaking of voting and yard signs and real estate agents uh we got brandon bochensky in the studio today all of our grand forks mayoral candidates are getting one more shot here to be on grand forks best source and uh welcome brandon how you doing i'm doing well thanks for having me back uh been a while since uh we've talked to you um i did see one thing though uh you got to go catfishing with captain brad uh tell us about that that was uh, that was great. Wednesday morning we went out. It was a little bit chilly. We got out on the water. Uh, he was try- he was trying to be cautious, letting me know that you know they don't always bite right away. But we got all the lines out, and uh, within 15 minutes we had a triple, three on the line at the same time. Kids reeling reeling fish in everywhere. Brad was flying around with nets. Uh, <laughs> our first three ended up with a, I think a 19 and a half pounder, a 15 and a 12. So wow. we, we added a, a quick 40 pounds to the boat there. Um, that was a lot of fun. I mean, not leaving the city, being able to go do that right there. I think that's just such a huge gem that I hope uh, a lot of people will, uh, will look at doing and something, something for the kids. My kids yeah. are, are, you know, they were just glowing when we were, we were doing this and, uh, they, they had such a great time. They're, they're so excited. They want to go back. So we'll, we'll definitely be out there again. You'll, maybe you'll have to take us out next time. Sure. And, and, you know, the thing is, is, uh, it's such a good fishery. It's beautiful waterway and, uh, I think it's underused, but, um, Man, if you ever want to go uh, catfishing, uh, Captain Brad Durick, Brad Durick Outdoors, uh, there's your plug, by the way, buddy. So um, hopefully call him up and give him some business. Um, Brandon, we're, we're seeing your signs everywhere in Grand Forks. How many signs have you got out there? Well, we ordered 1,000 originally, 1,000 of the regular, regular sized ones. Then we ordered uh, 20 of the big ones. Um, we went through those in about 10 days. We, we probably should have ordered 1,500, 1,800, but... Uh, we decide not to order anymore, so we're all out. We've had a lot of requests. I've had to tell people, you know, we'll send you T-shirts, uh, stickers, and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got 1,000 of them out there in about 10 days. I think uh, probably 750 to 800 I placed myself. So I, I got put a lot of miles on the truck and uh, got to get around town quite a bit. So uh, When you put up those signs like that, um, do you actually have to go talk to the people? Do you call them for their permission? Or I'm guessing most of the people aren't afraid to just talk to you face-to-face about that. Yeah, definitely. Well, the, the majority of those, we probably got uh, 750 to 800 that were directly through Facebook. We just put a Facebook post out, request signs. 
Um, you know, a lot of the times we'll, we'll check and make sure the house matches up with the person and everything. And we didn't have a single person that, that tried to trick us or anything. So mm-hmm. we all went to the right place. Then on our website, we had another couple hundred and then just word of mouth, people asking me. As far as when I went to the houses, you know, if I wasn't knocking on the doors. I think we're still being a little cautious there. And uh, if people were around and I saw them, we'd come out and talk. And we got face-to-face time. I probably, out of those 700, 800, I probably got to talk to maybe 150, 200 people. And, you know, there's a lot of excitement. It was great oh, yeah. to see the, the excitement behind me. And, uh, you know, the number of people I talked to that said, you know, I was, I've been wanting to run for city council or school board or park, park board. And I just, you know, I... I wanted to do it, but I just, you know, I just decided not to. But now seeing you do it, it's gotten me excited, and I'm going to do it. And I think you can see we're having a lot of write-in candidates for different positions now. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that, you know, people seeing me take the lead there, it's going to get more, you know, average, regular, everyday people to want to run and make a difference in this community. You know, we're getting down to crunch time uh, before the elections, and um, I know that there's been some debates now. Uh, tell us about that last one. The last debate was great. Uh, that was put on by the Chamber of, uh, of Commerce. You know, that was more of a business-focused one, which is really kind of, you know, my bread and butter. And uh, they got Art on there, too. That was great. I've talked with Art a little bit uh, over this, this cycle, but it was, uh, it was exciting to see him in there. You know, we had shared a lot of the same ideas, so I wasn't, uh, wasn't just getting beat up by the other two this time. We got to have a, a good back and forth. And it was more of a forum than a debate, so you didn't, you didn't get to do too much back and forth. But I think it still gave a, a great opportunity for me to show... Uh, you know, my, how I'm different from the other candidates. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, usually when it gets closer and closer to the election, that's when some of the ugly starts to come out on some of these. Have you seen any of that yet? <laughs> well, that was a... <laughs> Putting you on the spot, I hope yeah, not. That was an interesting one last week. Uh, you know, how funny it, it, it was. It wasn't funny. It was kind of scary and it was, it was uh, you know, rude and it was sad. But uh, um, before this election started, I, we would joke with my friends and we'd say, you know, we had this Russia, Russian collusion thing nationwide. He said, you played hockey over there for eight years. They're going to say that, that you're part of Russia and, and, and Russia Gate is going to happen again in Grand Forks. And I'm like, that'd be so hilarious if that happened. <laughs> and, and. It did. And. <laughs> it did. Just, oh, so well, one of the other campaigns decided to, to run a smear campaign, basically saying that um, all the money I have earned, I earned from illegitimate sources in, 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 by playing hockey in Russia and that therefore I was, I'm corrupt and, uh, and that uh, Russia was funding my campaign, and we had a six-figure <laughs> campaign. And then, then of course, they went to the, the data, and we had spent $13,000 on our campaign. So my campaign manager, was, she was walking around just feeling great. You know, with the, what a great compliment to her. You're running a six-figure campaign on $13,000. <laughs> so you're not, uh, like, on horseback with Putin and <laughs> no, shirtless and the whole bit. I guess they, they forgot that, uh, you know, I played six years in the NHL before I went mm. over there. And, the, you know, the NHL pays pretty good, and it's the top league in the world. Um, I don't think I need to feel bad for um, having success uh, no. playing professional hockey and sacrificing for 15 years. And that was, I guess, kind of the gist of it, that I was a bad person because I had, uh, had profited from my hockey career. Um, you know, a lot of people from Grand Forks are playing hockey in Europe somewhere. So you're not in the Russian mob. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I don't think that's uh, Vladimir Putin's way into the country is through Grand Forks. But it was, uh, yeah, you know... <laughs> And some of the stuff, it, was, it would have been comical, but, you know, some of those emails had, had put my, my personal information out there, yeah. my home address, uh, you know, had talked about my kids and where they go to school and other stuff. So it, to me, that, that was scary, and that's what really hurt my wife. And, uh, you know, she's a, she's a strong, uh, faithful woman, and she's, you know, she, was, she didn't go on the tax. She just said, you know what, I'll be praying for the people that did this to you, and that's, that's just the kind of woman that mm-hmm. she is, and that's uh, how we got through it. 
You know, it's funny because uh, I can remember back in the day, and I'm a little older than you guys, when uh, campaigning meant talking about what you wanted to do, what you were going to do, what we should do, not about that guy did that, that girl did that, and just try to throw you under the bus. Um, and it's that way in every, all of the political, you know, any kind of election, seems like it, it, we're just kind of losing focus of what this is supposed to be about. That's part of the reason I wanted to rant. I'm just so sick of good people not willing to get involved in politics because of this stuff. So my campaign's been solely focused on Grand Forks. How do we make Grand Forks better? I haven't spent a, a single moment looking at a, a other campaigns, you know, Facebook pages mm -hmm. or websites. That's not important. What's important is what we're going to do and we're going to bring. Um, so being someone that's not a politician and having my campaign solely focused on what our goal is, I think is a no-brainer. But for some people, I guess it's, you know, they're, they're going to play the political games. We're not going to do that. We're, okay. we're moving on. We're working on how to make Grand Forks better, how to get our message out there. And right now, the biggest thing is getting people to vote. This is a, this is a tough situation. That's something that we've been fighting very hard for. And, uh, you know, you focus on what you can focus on. That's, that's the most important thing, and that's what we've been doing. Yeah, I was actually um, just looking at the ballot yesterday, and I was talking with my wife about it. And, yeah, I mean, one of the things I noticed was there was all these spots to vote, but there was only one name. I'm like, well, what's the point of even putting it on there? You know, and then I found out, too, that we have to – pay for our own postage to, <laughs> to send it off and you know it's not even just one stamp it's like yeah. a couple of them yeah but um you know here's one thing i saw brand uh brandon um it was a, a survey and it was something like um eight out of ten young adults in the united states under the age of 20 have never used a postage stamp does that worry you about the mail-in thing more than people going in person to vote or not well, I've, I mean, I've been worried about just the number of people that have reached out to me. Um, as far as the, the postage stamp, uh, you know, if you got the application, the original, the original one, I believe, had postage paid for. Okay, that makes that. sense, yeah. But your ballot doesn't, so you'd have to pay okay. for postage on that. But, uh, no, we've, this has been a fight. I, you know, this is, a, this is an issue with younger people and an issue with uh, a lot of people that have reached out that haven't got their applications. And I've had a, a lot of people that said, you know, we're probably not going to vote if we can't, get, we can't figure this out. We're having trouble with this. We haven't got it. We're yep. still waiting for it. And I've been informing them as much as I can, but I felt like it was something that I needed to take leadership with and, and get out there and try to fight for. So we, I sent letters off to the governor, to the lieutenant governor, to all the commissioners. Um, we had a huge social media campaign to get, just to show what the support was in the community. I felt like we can do it safely and we could have got a poll open. We fought for it and um, it didn't happen, but um, you know, our, our, the odds were probably slim anyways because the time was running out, but it's sure. still something I felt for or felt that I, uh, I felt strongly for and that I needed to fight for. And uh, I think that was taking a leadership role. We asked other candidates to, to get involved too and help, help that push, and, mm -hmm. and they didn't. That was their choice. But, uh, no, I think that's, that's all be, part of being a leader. You have to, have to put yourself out there. I'm not a rah-rah speech guy. I lead, and I, want, I, I lead by example and hope that others follow me. Yeah, and if uh, you're uh, any of those 8 out of 10 that I was just talking about, ask your folks what an envelope is because I'm sure you know how to write. And then all you have to do is just lick the stamp and stick it on and put it in the mailbox. It's pretty easy to do. Um, all right, let's get back to business here. Now, if you get elected mayor of Grand Forks, what should the main focus of city government be? Well, we've, this has become more and more important. We need public safety and infrastructure needs to be the main focus, uh, and especially coming out of this because we're going to have to tighten up on some other things. Some of these capital improvement projects that uh, were in the pipeline that were, were kind of vanity projects, they, they're going to have to be you know, put on hold and probably permanently. We've got to, we've got to bu uh, buckle down here and, and do what a city government's supposed to do, fix roads, um, provide public safety and infrastructure. You know, um, you're talking about freezing all non-essential hiring to uh, reduce administrative costs. And, um, 
you know, everybody thinks this. If, if you pay any attention at all to government, um, maybe there's a few jobs in local government that instead of three people, maybe one could do. Well, we've just looked at duplicate administration. You know, I'm not the rank and file and the people that have the boots on the ground. They will there will be not a single cut there. Um, you know, people have kind of put words in my mouth saying that I'm going to cut employees. I'm not cutting any employees. If there's administrative stuff that's uh, that's duplicate, we'll look at making some, you know, some changes there and we'll, we'll get in and talk to people. But, uh, you know, the people that are, are doing the work, um, you know, those are the people that I relate to that I'm going to be around. Uh, we'll take great care of, that, care of them. I mean, they're part of the team and, and that's uh, part of being a leader is taking care of them. So I hope that uh, people get their facts straight. Uh, all I've talked about is to hold off on these and new hirings. We had mm-hmm. 10 hirings that... Uh, that uh, the city's been talked about, uh, talking about doing. And a lot of people have complained. You know, there's 10 more hirings that you were going to do. Um, now we are going to get by without doing them. And there wasn't, you know, there was no service added to that. And, and then, you know, the, the, um, Todd and the mayor had said that this was, um, you know, support position. So some of that stuff, we need to look at, at just sort of tightening stuff up. But uh, going into the future, we're, we're just going to look at holding off on new hiring and see where we're at coming out of this with revenue. We got... Uh, Sales tax, we, we did have the boost now with having online sales tax coming in this year, and that's come in a lot stronger than we've thought, so we'll see how that, uh, how that plays out. Um, because there is, there is parts, part of that sales tax that's going to both infrastructure and to property tax mm-hmm. relief, so we'll see where that comes in. I think they're looking at, at about 25% down. I think we'll be closer to 10 or 15% down just because of that boost from the online sales. Now, if uh, you are end up uh, being head of uh, Grand Forks government, uh, one of the things that you have talked about, and, and I really like this idea, is uh, the program uh, reintroducing the program offering bonuses to any city employee that creates an efficiency to improve services or reduce costs? That should be done all the time, don't you think? Yeah, that was a big, a big no-brainer, and uh, you know I think they had a program in the past and it kind of faded, it faded away. But uh, those are the people that know how to make the cuts. They know how to be more efficient. I mean, if we have to buy a new piece of equipment that makes us more efficient, I'd rather make that capital expenditure and knowing that in the long run we're going to save money. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are simple things that you have to do, but you have to think about that. And having uh, that connection, you know, right with the, the employees that are using the equipment or, or whatever it may be to find those efficiencies. And that's part of me going out and meeting everybody, riding in every truck, on every bus, touring all, all of the, uh, the facilities around town and being where they work. I think that's, that's going to be a, a place that we can, can create efficiencies uh, right off the top. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the state's Prairie Dog Infrastructure Fund. Uh, $2.5 million. Uh, what's a good thing to do with that money? Well, so, that's, so this, is a, this is a bigger, a, this is a really huge deal that can really be a saving grace for us. And oil prices have started to climb back up. I think we're in the mid-30s again after, mm-hmm. you know, when you had the, the expirations of the, the futures contracts, you know, a, a few months ago, we had negative oil prices, um, which is a little bit misleading. But now having oil back in there, if we can get up to 40, it starts to be a little bit, it starts to be more profitable for Grand Forks. We can start, for North Dakota, we can start pumping again. And that's where that infrastructure money is coming from. It's a, it's a $12.5 million thing every two years. So every biennium, we get $12.5 million for the city. Mm-hmm. The county also gets $5.5 million. So if you talk about property tax relief, that's, you know, there's a lot of different entities that are taking money from that. So you can, you can take, you know, you can look at the city's $5.5 million too. Two and a half was going to come starting in July. It was going to come this year. There's $12.5 total. If we can use that money for the right stuff and for infrastructure, that's going to save a lot of, you know, it's going to save people a lot. And that might be a saving grace during this, uh, during this time with lower revenues in the city. Uh, one of the first times we met you, uh, we were at a gathering of a bunch of small business owners, and a lot of them were talking about the business environment in Grand Forks. Uh, how can you create or we create a more business-friendly environment, uh, especially for some of these small business owners here in Grand Forks? 
Yeah, well, that's that's something I've talked about the whole time. I mean, that's that's the, the core of my platform is, uh, and I've gone around and spoken with so many business owners and, and different groups of business owners, and it's it's streamlining inspections and making easier easier way to get uh, licensing done so that you can speed things up and and get get to work and do what you do. Mm-hmm. Business owners have been frustrated in this town, and they've been frustrated for a long time. We've had 20 years to turn this town into a business-friendly town, and it hasn't happened. And I think another part of that is that we've kind of got this good old boys network, good old boys club that's kept some business out of town and, and kept wages down. I mean, I need to go in there and break that up day one because mm-hmm. it's, you know that's just been festering for too long, and it needs to stop. And that will help everyone in this town, not just a group of you know, a few select few. You know, and uh, we talk about, uh, well, especially now during the coronavirus and, and small businesses going under, uh, and we had talked about this before, but um, when you get our friends from up north that come down, they were always stopping at Grand Forks, and it seems like they just kind of drive right by now and keep heading south and go down to that Fargo place. Yeah, I think we're still getting them at Menards and uh, on Target there. Um, obviously, right now, the border's closed, so nobody's coming. Yep. Um, the, the, you know, the, the Columbia Mall is a big hole. That's a big hole in the center of yeah. town right now. And uh, that's where I've talked about putting incentives out there so that we can get a local ownership group in to come uh, and buy that from GK, the, the group out of Chicago that owns it. Not having local ownership there, there's no, there's no connection to the community. Mm-hmm. Those guys, it's a, it's a tax write-off for them. So I'd, I'd like to get uh, some incentives available so that a group can locally purchase that. And if the building's in good enough shape to turn around and make something more of that experiential, that entertainment type of, uh, of venue that malls are turning into, great. If they can't, then tear it down and, and get something built there. The, the footprint of that mall is huge. Yes. And that's what was really driving the Canadian traffic. And it helps everybody when you have places like that. It'll help this mall. It'll help uh, all, the, all the people downtown. When the Canadians come, they come for the day. So they're here. They're eating lunch here. They're eating supper here. They're having a drink here. And it's... It helps everybody. So we need to have, we need to do something with the Columbia Mall and retail in general. You know, um, I think all of the candidates have mentioned um, affordable housing here in Grand Forks. Your thoughts on that? Well, we, it's, it's obvious. Uh, it's affordable housing and low wages is the, is the biggest problem. Um, median in household income is only 48000 mm. There's not enough disposable income left. If you have more disposable income, you can demand more goods and services, which allows businesses to expand and small businesses to come in, and that can help wage raise, uh, raise, raise, raise wages. Um, as far as how do you get to affordable housing, you need more competition in builders. You need more competition in landowners. Competition mm-hmm. is what drives prices lower. <clears throat> if we can hold prices in, in check while we can raise wages, it will become more affordable right there. Also, the cost of home ownership needs to be something that's addressed. When you own a home and you have super high taxes, that's, that's still that's all part of the pie that's coming out of your salary. So sure. you need to find a way to have less expensive taxes, and have it in a way that it's um, predictable. So you know from year to year where you're going to be at. So you don't all of a sudden have a massive increase in your assessed value that you weren't prepared for. And it stresses your finances. And you're, you're thinking, I can't afford to, to make my payments anymore. Yeah. I might have to sell my house and move. I mean, I don't want people to have to make that decision. I want them to know or to have to even think about that. I want them to be, know that there's going to be a consistent tax that's, that, they can, uh, that they can afford. And that from year to year, they know and they can have confidence in that system. Well, when you look at all the apartment complexes going up around Grand Forks and uh, some of the cost of some of these apartments, you would think, you know, okay, basically you're renting. Uh, why can't a mortgage be very similar to the cost of rent to some of these places, uh, which I'm sure isn't that far off? No, and now this is a great time with interest rates being so low. And that's part of my, my plan, too, with the ten, offering the $10,000 down payment assistance. Is mm-hmm. The people that have been stuck in that cycle have a chance to break that cycle. Right now, if you're paying $1,200 to rent an apartment, you could be in a really nice house. You could probably be in a two hundred fifty dollars or $300,000 house building equity 
rather than just paying that and in each month and stuck in that cycle. So uh, there's a lot of people that need to have a little bit of down payment to, to get into those loans and those low mm-hmm. rate loans. So that's why let's have something available right at the city level. You can just walk right in, you can get it done in a day or two, you, you know, make it easy, simple process. And I've worked with, um, you know, Scotty Meyer, Scott Meyer is a, is a um, state center out of district 18, which is has one of the highest poverty rates in the, in the whole state. And, uh, We've talked about how do we streamline, and he's also he's also a mortgage broker. So we've talked about this, and how can we make this happen? I've also talked with the Bank of North Dakota. Uh, and there's there's just it, we can make this happen, and and I think it'll be a huge boost. Our home ownership rate's only 44 percent in this town. Yeah, and that's uh it creates a transient environment. People come here, they kind of check it out for a little while. They don't have that pride of ownership. They realize it's kind of expensive to to live here, and they move on. And that's that's kind of been the 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 gist of the problem the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, that, well, first off. Scott is also an awesome guy. <laughs> um, but no, that's uh, something that actually happened to me because I was renting a condo, you know, and it was about $1,200, $1,300 a month or something. And after three years, I was like, geez, I already paid for a third of the cost of owning one of these things. So that's when I decided to, you know, look at getting a house instead. And yep. I mean, it's, it's just like a no-brainer. But coming up with the down payment and that kind of stuff, I mean, that's where you really get into the thick of it when you don't have that income coming in. Yeah, if, you're not, if you don't have high enough wages, it's really hard to, to tuck that money away. And if you can start, a lot of people will end up paying less than they are for their, for their uh, rental fees. They're, you know, they'll pay less for a mortgage, and they're actually putting more money away and building equity. It's, it's been the, the greatest way to build people out of poverty and to, gr- to grow wealth in this nation for the last 200 years mm-hmm. is, is home ownership. That's the way that people have, that's how my family was able to raise out of poverty. That's how I was. You know, we, I was able to get to a house and, and build equity. So, same with my mother. I mean, it's a great way to do it, and that's, you know, that's the surefire way to, for a person to do that. And, and you actually want to improve your living condition as opposed to when you're renting. They don't, you know, you don't really care if uh, right. a bathroom is remodeled or anything. If anything, you're just going to destroy the place and then move on to the next one. Well, you've got roots in the community. You know, yeah. that house, that foundation right there is your roots in the community. And uh, it, it keeps you here. It's it just a pride of ownership thing. And that's, that comes with home ownership. And that's, that's been something that... Uh, like I said, for, for hundreds, for a couple hundred years, people have really been proud to, to have a piece of land that's theirs. All right, let's talk a little bit uh, now about taxes. You mentioned the property taxes. Um, and you know, when you do finally get your house, you buy your first house, or maybe it's not your first house, and you pay on it, and you work on it, and you pay on it, and you're, you're already complaining about your taxes, and then boom, they come out and uh, assess your, your property value, and it's like, your property taxes go way up. Um, you want to put a cap on that. Yeah, and this has been a kind of a contentious uh, part here by the other candidates who don't want to support that. Uh, mm-hmm. You can keep mills, the mill rate level all you want, but if, these, if you boost house prices or boost the assessed value so high, you're paying more in taxes either way. So there's, there's been a talk about this 90 to 100% um, of, of the assessed value where we need to keep it at. But what true market value is is really elusive and really hard to find. It seems, you know, the formulas are kind of all over the place for that. I, I, pr- I wanted to keep it simpler and just say that, okay, if there's a, a, a year when things really bounce up, the max we're ever going to raise somebody is 2.5%, so that your property assessed value is only going up by 2.5% that year. And if, it's, if there's a huge increase, then it'll go up year by year that much. But that would be the max. You know, it could go lower, but that's the max. Uh, if you sell your house, we'll readjust there. Mm-hmm. If you do an improvement, you'll readjust there. It's not, you know, this is only for residential properties, but it, it gives people peace of mind that they're not going to have that massive boost all of a sudden that, that forces them out of their home. Sure, sure. All right, talking about homeowners' taxes, uh, what about tax incentives uh, for improvements in construction for a business owner? 
Well, that's that's kind of the. I mean, we touched on this earlier with Columbia Mall. We've got uh, Renaissance zones downtown, and there's uh, there's some other incentive zones. But I've talked about uh, expanding that. Uh, I think the, the the three biggest corridors that I talk about is, is Gateway um, from the river, and you could you go west of the highway at probably a mile or two as well. Uh, the Columbia Mall, Columbia Road area, and Washington. Mm -hmm. So there's there's infill and there's blighted pro uh, properties there that we could uh, have incentives for. Um, those areas I've talked about doing TIF tax increment financing. So. We're not paying anything up front. We're just not going to take taxes from them for a few years. So the, in, the, the improvements that they made, we're just going to have to wait a little longer to get that tax money. Yeah, because you, I, mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but when you look at the, most of the businesses on the north side of Gateway, a lot of those businesses have been around for a long time here too. Yeah, and this allows people to, to make those improvements mm -hmm. and it'll add to the tax roll later. Uh, we need more business and business growth in this town because that'll take a lot of the burden off of the residential uh, tax pie. So we don't have to pay as much. If we have more business here, they're going to pay more of the burden, and that's less burden for the taxpayers for mm -hmm. the, that own homes. Uh, another thing I know that uh, kind of bugs you a little bit, and let's talk about this, uh, the Job Development Authority, uh, the JDA Growth Fund. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's another contentious thing there. It's, it's the Jobs Development Authority. And, and what are they doing instead? They're competing with jobs. So they've, they've owned commercial buildings. And there's talk about a couple of those buildings with the, the, the corporate center one and two that they were in a 20-year deal that they had to wait to sell. But uh, it's time. They can be sold now. Let, let's get those moved. This, is, this might not be the greatest time to sell them. We've got to get the best price for them still. But that's going to free up a lot of money to actually do stuff economic development to actually create jobs to be, try to incentivize businesses from coming in here expansion there's all types of economic growth you can do to actually build jobs rather than owning commercial buildings there's about 25 million dollars sitting in commercial buildings that we're competing with other commercial building owners yeah, yeah. and there's no market efficiency there you're competing in the the city's taking those buildings off of the tax roll so we're not taxing them on top of it you talk like the grand forks herald building buying that for three million or two, 2.75 million dollars we collect no tax on that now on the structure. So if somebody does move in there on that little piece, they will have to pay. But if we put the EDC in there, that's kind of a quasi entity sure. anyway. So you're, you know, we're paying them $314,000 a year to pay us back for renting a space that we're not taxing. You know, I mean, you can play it any way you want. Owning the buildings ourselves is not efficient. Let the, let the, let other private industry own mm -hmm. that. And if we have to rent a spot from them, we can rent it. It works sure. out great in this mall. We got the um, licensing center from the States in this mall. Mm -hmm. Follow that formula. Then there's no capital expenditures going in the future either because now it's the private um, entity that owns it that has to worry about fixing it up. You know, you talk about uh, the south end of town, the north end of town, the west end of town. Grand Forks is over 20 square miles. Uh, and then we have that 23 blocks of downtown uh, that we don't really talk about too much because I think downtown's doing okay. Yeah, I think, you know, with the downtown development um, and with uh, a lot of other groups and entities. We've done a great job with downtown. I think uh, that's been the main focus and I think it's done a great job. I think we just need to expand the focus. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I love going, it's a great asset. I love going down there. Everybody loves going down there, but I think the focus has just been a little bit too strongly there that the vibrancy has to happen there. And we've, we've done a lot there. There's been a lot of investment there. Let's expand that and realize that maybe vibrancy all around town, maybe that vitality, economic vitality will help downtown even more than sure. it already has. Um, if you're elected mayor or you want to be mayor. What do you want to tell the people, Brandon? Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing here is I, I want to bring some pride back to this community. I want to, the, re, the whole reason I'm running for mayor is I think I can make a difference. And I've got three kids. I, I'm, I'm probably selfish. I want my kids to be able to grow up here and stay here. Yeah. You know, go to college, come back and say, I want to be by my parents because, you know, Grand Forks is a great place to be. So that's, I, I, I'm running for the future here. I want, I want Grand Forks to gr grow into the future, be a town that people can be proud of and want to stay 
and I want my kids to stay here. And this is this isn't a long-term job for me. You know, this is going to be four or eight years, and, and I'm going to move on. Hopefully, make the turn the city around and get us going in the right direction, and let somebody else take the lead. I think, uh, you know, being in there for 20 years, I'm a big fan of term limits. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think we need that uh, in the Senate and other places because there's problems with with career politicians. It's it just there just is so. Well, you know, you came from the Twin Cities area. Uh, you came to UND uh, to get your education and uh, play hockey. You have lived all over the United States, all over the world, but yet Brandon Bochensky comes back to Grand Forks. Got to tell you something about this little town here. Yeah, the people here are amazing. We've got great people. Um, the families here, you know, this is a family-friendly place. We can just do better. We've been losing some families on the expense, but I love this town. We could, we could have lived anywhere we chose to be here. Um, we're excited to be here. We just want to make it a little bit better. Winters and everything. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I like the winter. Uh, well, go figure. I'm going to give you a chance to say one last thing here, Brandon. Uh, what do you want to say to the people? Or Just uh, thanks for having me. Get those ballots in. Uh, get those applications in. Uh, reach out to us if anybody has uh, any more questions about, the, about my campaign or uh, about how to get those ballots in. Uh, we're getting back to people as, as quickly as we can. So, Do you have a website or Facebook or any of that yes, stuff? Sir. How can people reach out to you? Bochensky for Mayor on Facebook and then BochenskyforMayor.com. And, um, you know, my phone number's out there. You can go online and you can find that pretty easily. I'm a guy that you call me, I'll answer the phone. You leave mm-hmm. a message, I'll call you right back. I'm okay with talking to, to anybody all day long. Just don't call me at like 9 when I'm putting my kids to sleep. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it is a holiday weekend too, so <laughs> it'd be nice <laughs> yeah, to get a couple of days off. for a few days. It's, yeah. been a, it's been a hectic uh, two weeks. Hey, Brandon Bochensky, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, good luck, and we'll be talking to you again soon, all right? Thank you. There you go. Uh, Grand Forks mayoral candidate Brandon Bochensky, uh, he's running. He gave you the information if you want to find out more, but uh, you know what? It might be a little bit harder to vote this year, but uh, take care of it. It's really not that hard to write, a, uh, you know, to write on, a, on an envelope and lick a stamp and put it on there, so uh, make sure you get those votes in. Uh, also, become a Podbean Premium subscriber. It's just five bucks. Uh, you'll get entered into drawings, and we got some great giveaways. We'll have that Weber Grill here in the studios uh, sometime today. You'll be able to see that. Easy to do. Go to your Play Store. You download Podbean. Search GFBS. Hit follow. Buy premium. You're all set. It's five bucks. Cost of a burger. You can help us uh, give Grand Forks an identity again by your premium Pod bean premium subscription if you have any questions about that you can call us 701-213-0863 is our number well grand forks best source is brought to you by raptor pcs with the memorial day giveaway we'll be giving away that 75 dollars certificate to the raptor pcs service department early next week Raptor PCS right here in the Grand Cities Mall, giving all kinds of discounts to our first responders out there. They love you. Students and military, same with you. And if you tell them GFBS sent you, they'll give you 10 bucks off your bill, too. And they'll come to your house. Maybe you're uh, still in quarantine or something. You need your computer fixed. Give them a call, 701-772-7626. Raptor PCS right here in the Grand Cities Mall. Well, stay tuned on Tuesday. It's Health and Wellness Day with Dr. Noah. Should be a good show. We got the mayoral candidates, the rest of them coming in in the next week or two also. Make sure you like, share, and tag us. And also, have a great Memorial Day weekend. We're Grand Forks' best source. We're giving Grand Forks an identity again.